0: Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. Sports Complex on a Tuesday afternoon. Coming back from the Rangers game, Rangers handle their business, winning 4-0 over a Tampa Bay Rays team that did not seem like they were ready for the playoffs. A little bit shorter of a show. We missed about 30 minutes there to the Rangers, but that's okay. You know, they get the win. If they get the win, we're all happy about it, so... Texas Rangers get the win. We're back here on the Sports Complex. Uh, on the show today, we're going to talk some uh, NFL. We'll get to some more Texas, Oklahoma. It is a big week of Texas, Oklahoma. We have more Sark audio to get to uh, more. Uh, we we'll maybe talk some more MLB, some NFL. And, of course, your text, 512 447 is this text line. 512-447-3776 is the number to text in for uh to join the show you guys drive the show we're just trying to uh keep it on the rails here at the studio but you guys are driving the show so we appreciate everybody uh coming joining us today uh we're gonna start off the show because we are starting a little bit late that does mean we need to kick off the show in good fashion with the poll of the day get you guys involved get you guys ready patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn Things are a little frantic here, trying to switch out from the game and get in, and I don't have my normal setup time that I'm used to, but we're ready. Patrick's Big Fat Poll today, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. And the question today, who is the most hated player, who is your most hated player in the Texas OU rivalry? Who is the one that when you think of Texas OU makes your blood boil? I mean, and I can tell you, it, can, it doesn't have to be someone big. The one that comes to the top of my mind, and it may be because I saw him earlier this year on the first Thursday Night Football, but Blake Bell, the belldozer, is one of the first names that comes to my mind, just because I could not stand how we could not stop him. So give me your name. Who's the most hated player in your in your mind? Who do you think of when you think, man, those Texas Rangers... I can't – Are those – sorry, those Oklahoma – see, I've been watching Texas Rangers. Those Oklahoma Sooners, I can't stand them. Who's the, What's the name that comes to mind for you? What's the one? 512-447-3776. I want to know kind of the consensus, most hated player in this big Texas OU rivalry. Who do you hate the most? Send that in. I'm curious to see the answers. I'm very curious to see the answers and get some reasons. I know I don't want to bring up old, old memories. I, you know Maybe we'll work through some things today. But send that in. Who's your most hated player in the Texas OU rivalry? Who's that guy? Text line, I, hope, I appreciate it. I don't know who was on CBS radio uh, before. Uh, it'll be another game tomorrow. We'll be coming on a little bit late tomorrow as well uh, for Rangers. Post game will be going on. Hopefully Rangers will take care of business quickly again. And if they take care of business on tomorrow, then Thursday, uh, we will. they will not be cutting into our broadcast at all. Hopefully I have a big show on Thursday planned for you. Friday is going to be a huge show. Uh, playing, I know Aaron Hogan and some of the inside Texas guys are going to be down at Terry Black's in Dallas. So if you're going down for the game on Friday afternoon, you can go down there and hang out with them. Uh, it's going to be a cool show we're doing it there. With they'll be there. Rob Baber's going to come and join me in studio, so we'll have the whole crew doing a big starting an hour early, four to seven mega pregame show. They're going to do another pregame show on Saturday morning, but since it's an 11 a.m. tip, we thought let's go down to Dallas. Let's send some people down there. Hook up with the the fans that are down there, the fans that are here. Everybody can tune in, and we'll get ready for the big Texas OU matchup. Of course, Patrick's big fat poll today. Who's your most hated player in the Texas OU rivalry? Uh, We're going to get to some Texas OU talk in the 6 o'clock. I want to give it a little bit more time. I didn't know how much time we would have uh, in this hour because we were coming back from the Rangers game, so I thought we'd throw throw some NFL talk uh, in here. Uh, The reports came out today, or not reports, but Jerry Jones was on uh, 105.3 The Fan of the Day and basically said... The Cowboys, the Super Bowl runs through San Francisco. They look to be the best team in his eyes. He doesn't want to give Philly credit. I get that. So he has said the Super Bowl is going to run through. The road to the Super Bowl runs through San Francisco. That means this week is a big game. They do have some major injuries still. Uh, They still, Tyron Smith is still uh, doubtful or questionable. Micah Parsons is questionable, but I can't imagine him missing this game unless he's missing a limb. Uh, Schoonmaker. You know you don't want to lose any of your tight ends. We know in that red zone you need as many tight ends as you can get in that red zone. And the big one, which you wouldn't think was a big one, but Rico Dottle is actually on that list as well with the injury he suffered in that game. And I don't know what you do if you don't have a backup running back. Deuce Vaughn has not shown he can sit in that that role behind Tony Pollard. Not yet. Maybe later this season, maybe later in his career he can do it. But I don't know uh, if he's there yet. So I don't know if you're a Cowboys fan what you feel about going into that matchup with San Francisco. Uh, because it's it. It's one of those things where you. T- San Francisco has allowed very few rushing yards. You know Tony Pollard may be kind of out of it. You know you may have to try some different things. So you may try and use some stuff with Kevontae Turpin and put in that small package with Turpin and Deuce Vaughn and try and put some stuff on the outside and trying to you know, take it where they have a very physical D-line for the for the San Francisco 49ers, trying to get some pressure off of them rushing Dak, Dak Prescott, trying to get them to the outsides and push them off and make those guys run a little bit more to wear them down. You may try and go small. I know they've run a lot more with Turpin than Deuce Vaughn, but if you put them both in, we talked about that earlier this year. If you put both those guys into a game, how do you stop both guys? If you put two guys in a, and you're trying to stop, you know, you're trying to stop the run, and now Camontae Turpin lines up at wide receiver in the slot. He kind of comes out, and then Deuce Vaughn pops out from the backfield. Unless you can get to Dak real quick, one of those guys is probably going to get a little bit of space. You get the ball to him, and he's able to get down the field. That's, it's something that I would look into because you're going to need to pull out all the tricks against this San Francisco defense. Uh, you know, you're know, you going to have to figure out a way to get Brandon Cooks more involved. That's been one of the concerns. And, of course, your red zone. You know, I think that there is some plays that if Ferguson gets a little bit more comfortable with Dak, and those two guys get a better rapport, that red zone stuff is going to start to work itself out. The offense does not look nearly as bad as it did against the Cardinals. You're not. There is no excuse for saying that, you know, this is a game that you got confused on or you got uh tricked and and you weren't prepared for for the 49ers, like you said with the Cardinals, and maybe you look past the Cardinals. You can't do that for the for the 49ers. We know that. So where are you going to be able to be? This is going to be a matchup to watch as we go through the week. We'll see how the injury report keeps changing for Dallas. We'll look we'll talk about some different plans, game plans they may be able to have in this third quarter or or sorry, in the you know, in the passing game and the running game, because you're gonna to have to work out some different techniques. And then when you're playing defense against San Francisco, the basic premise is to not let Brock Purdy just go take and take and take from you all game long. You're going to have to get some pressure on a young quarterback. He's been really good about getting the ball out. They got tons of weapons. Uh, Debo Samuel was not used a ton last week. You expect him to try and feature him a little bit more. You know, you have Christian McCaffrey who's just playing out of his mind right now. So, I, I don't know. Defensively, you kind of have a better game plan of, we got to try and affect Brock Purdy. We have to pick our poison and, and really try and stop Brock Purdy and make him beat us. Uh if we try and stop Christian McCaffrey, we know he'll still be pretty okay. And if we don't, we feel the one guy we can stop, or you should feel the one guy you can stop, is a Brock Purdy. That's the guy you have to try and break through that armor that no one really believes that he is, you know, MVP Brock Purdy, but he's playing like it. So maybe go in there and try and get some. You want to see Micah Parsons have a big game show off against San Francisco uh, for the for the Cowboys. We know what's happening. It's a big weekend. Again, this is a big Kool-Aid drinking weekend. Texas OU, Dallas 49ers. And of course, you know, we have the Rangers looking like they're going to be playing weekend baseball. We have the Astros who will be playing weekend baseball against the winner of the, uh, the uh, Rays and, or sorry, the winner of the Twins and Blue Jay series. So the Astros most likely playing one of their former players in Correa or Springer, a, a fan favorite coming back to the Astros. Uh, but the Texans are someone I want to talk about a little bit too because I noticed this week for the first time in several years that the Houston Texans have been jumping up on a lot of people's power rankings. They started everybody's power rankings, and they were right there at the bottom. If they weren't the worst, they were in the bottom three of pretty much everybody's power rankings, and they come out week one and get blown out by the Ravens 25-9. to No offensive line. Looks like, man, this Texans team, it's another going to be another hard season. Play the Colts the next week. Not a great week, and you're playing the Colts, which no one really has any faith in. You know, you make a little comeback at the end. You make a little bit of – make a little noise. Still, you're still back. You maybe move up and you're in that bottom five now. Not the bottom three, but the bottom five. Then you come out and put it on the Jaguars. But, you know, it's the Jaguars. You know, that you have their number. You have the Jaguars number. The Texans always beat the Jaguars. So, it's it's impressive. You beat a team that a lot of people clear, had clear front runners to win the division. A lot of people said could make noise in the playoffs. So you're adding Cam Ridley back into this lineup. They're they're you beat him by 20 points. Make them look terrible. So you say, all right, CJ Stroud starts to get attention for what he's doing. Everybody starts to, you know, take and they bump up up a little bit, but you you, it's one game. It's one game. You don't want to get too excited after one game. Then the Steelers come to town. Put JJ Watt in. TJ Watt wants to show off to a younger brother. You think, all right, TJ Watt. We had our man Jacob Standard on. He said seven sacks for TJ Watt, is what he said. And you know what? Texans found a way. They found a way to get the ball out of C.J. Stroud's Stroud's hands quick enough. They found a way to run block. They found a way to pass block, putting in tight ends, different schemes, helping out. They started to find, even though these are third-string linemen, they started to find ways to get those guys to start playing a little bit better, and they win by 24 points against the Steelers. Now the Texans, it's week five. Those those players that win some of the offensive linemen that went on the Uneligible to perform list, the ineligible, the, the PUP list for four weeks or the injured list for four weeks, they're they're eligible to come back. So we may get some help back. Juice Scruggs at center. Titus Howard at right tackle. Maybe coming back, Laramie Tunsell. You know, maybe his progression. You might get them back this week or next week. You start to bring back that a low line that you really start to believe in. Jarrett Patterson, who's been playing center really well, uh, the other rookie you have, Jarrett Patterson, who you basically draft, he's your third-string center, you know, but you may not want to take him out of the lineup right now because Kenyon Green's not doing much for you. He's injured for the season anyway. So maybe you move him to your left guard. And now you may have a lineup that you're okay with with this offensive line. And then when you look at the Texans, you say they're moving up on these, these power rankings. The thing you start to look at in reality is the rest of the schedule. And I know it's only four weeks in, so you don't want to look at the schedule too too hard and say, well, these are the teams that are going to make it and these are the ones that are not. But so far, if you look through four weeks, the Texans only have one opponent left throughout their entire schedule that is a winning record right now. They have one three and one opponent, and it's the Buccaneers. It's not even a three-and-one opponent that you say, oh, well, those guys, you know, that's that's a loss. Say so, yeah, you could beat the Buccaneers. You don't know they're playing really well right now. Hats off to Baker Mayfield. There's a bunch of crap I talk crap about him. Didn't think he was going to be able to do anything. Then Todd Bowles, that that coaching staff, hats off to the Buccaneers for being able to get the wins. You know, any way you can, get those wins. Hats off to them. But the Texans now are in a position where if they're able to start figuring this out, Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator for the Texans, his play calling from week one to week four, that progression of him figuring things out and him just having to kind of do it. Him, you know, when you walk into a job and sometimes you're not great at day one, you just kind of got to get in there and do it. You know, you may not be the best in the world until you start to do it. But, you know, we see the progress. And he comes from that Kyle Shanahan school. And he's worked with Mike McDaniel. And he's worked with Kyle Shanahan. He's worked with some of the best play callers we know in football right now. And he's able to start figuring out different ways and to change his game plan and to not only find a way to get C.J. Stroud to get the ball out and get him a little bit of time and find guys to get him, uh, find ways to get Nico Collins the ball and get Tank Dell the ball and, and game plan against these different defenses. He figures out, we need to be able to run the ball. I I, I don't know how to do it. By week week one, he's clueless how to run the ball. Week two, between, behind a, D, a battle line, no clue how to run the football. By week three, he starts to figure it out. Week four, he's getting closer. Now, the Texans still aren't where they need to be running the ball. They're still not where they need to be defensively. They're still not where they need to be on, at a lot of positions. This isn't a Super Bowl team. We're not saying that. But when you talk about progress of what you can look four weeks into the season. It's still early. Lots of things can happen, and we don't know how the injury bug's going to bite him for the rest of the season. We don't know if Stingley's going to be able to come back and be healthy in four or five weeks, and you will make a run down the end of the season with that secondary with Petrie and, and Jimmy Ward now it, back in that safety position, which they looked amazing together. This Texans team could be above five hundred, and I know that's not saying a lot, but I don't think anybody had them above five hundred. This team technically has a decent shot to win the AFC South. Now, that's because the division is beat up. That's because the division's not playing well. And if, if you know, the, 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 the Jaguars are going to take a step back, the Colts are going to be, you know, erratic at best. They, they're getting back Jonathan Taylor. You add Jonathan Taylor in with an offense that hasn't been bad with Anthony Richardson, you know, maybe the Colts make a run for it. The Titans, Mike Rabel is a great coach. But this division is basically a 500 division. I don't think anybody's standing out. So for Texans fans, when you make a huge gamble at the beginning of this season in the draft and you make a huge gamble to take Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud, and people are split because it's such a high price to pay. When you can look at the results four weeks in, and it's still early, anything can happen. But four weeks in, you can look at those results, and you can see what you see. Are you ha- I'm I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with what the Texans have been able to do. The fact that the play calling, you worry about this coaching staff not having enough experience, but them starting to figure it out. There's going to be hiccups in there. You're going to lose games. We're not saying they're two and two and they're going to be able to go, you know, they're going to win the majority of their games left, but I think they could win half of their games left. Could they beat the Falcons? Sure. Falcons are struggling. You're playing the Saints. You could beat the Saints. Panthers, of course you can beat the Panthers. They're 0-4. You know, it's a Buccaneers. You know, you go out there and play good defense against those wide receivers, of course you can beat them. The Bengals are 1-3. Everybody thinks the Bengals are going to be doing great, but everybody else seems to figure them out on defense. You don't think Jamaica Ryan's got a shot against them? You have the Jaguars' numbers. You play the Broncos and the Jets back-to-back weeks. We know those are two teams that are struggling. Titans, you got the Browns. The Browns who, who want to come – Demo- uh, Deshaun Watson's going to want to come to town and, and make a big impact but is he going to be is he going to be the guy right then you know after the Nick Chubb injury are they going to be on 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 track I'm just saying you there's just schedules really easy for the Texans it couldn't have gone better could not have gone better for the Texans we're going to take your text we're going to take a break we're going to get to your text Patrick's big fat poll today Who is your most hated player in the Texas OU rivalry? I want to know the player. I'd love to know why, what game, what memory is seared into your brain that makes you think, I hate this guy. If this guy was just walking down the aisle at HEB or at Walgreens or wherever you shop, if you're a Randall's guy, if he's shopping at Randall's, I don't know, wherever you're at, and you see this guy and you just think, man, I'd really like to just knock his card over. Just be like, that's for the pain and misery you brought us as Texas Longhorns fans. Who's that guy? Who's the most hated player for you in the Texas OU rivalry? You don't have to go to everybody else's answer because everybody. I just told you Blake Bell is the first name that pops into my head just because I think of the belldozer over and over again by those announcers. I'm sure I'll think of some more, and you guys will remind me. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. Who's the most hated player for you in the Texas OU rivalry? We'll come back. We'll get to some of your texts. Anything else you want to talk about, Texas, what you're worried about for the Texas OU matchup, your concerns, what you think is going well, what you got going for the Cowboys, Texans, hit us up on the text line, 512-447-3776. We, you know, if you want to talk Rangers, we can too. I think, you know, I don't know if you go on to, but you can hit us up. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk. Uh, we'll read your text, start to get into some Texas OU talk right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons only on The Horn. Some hate music this week for Texas OU. Theme of the week: some hate music for everybody. Just get you really in that mood to get ups, just upset for a rivalry game. Not much of a. I'm not that much of a guy that goes after people, but you know, I thought I'm going to try and get myself more into it this weekend. We have a big weekend uh, covering Texas OU, so I thought that uh, you know, I'd get into it a little bit more with some some good old hate music. Uh, we're asking you on the poll today, Bedpack's Big Fat Poll today. 512-447-3776. Who is your most hated player in the Texas OU rivalry? You guys are killing it right now. Uh, we get some good names. We get down there. Uh, Teddy, uh, we get from Stein, Teddy Lehman is in there. Uh, Boz is a good one from Feral Tex. You know, that's a, That's a pretty standard one. Uh, without a doubt, Baker Mayfield. That guy is a DB He's a D-bag. We all always crying about Texas. Didn't offer him. Newsflash, nobody offered you out of high school. You should have never been allowed back in Austin. He's doing well right now. He's doing, he's doing well in Tampa Bay right now. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I get those guys that have that competitive that competitive edge where they have to say, I have to, I have to make everybody. It has to be me versus them. And they're like, yeah, no, believe me, they would have brought you in. I get Lincoln's going after you. Lincoln would have brought you to USC, too. Uh, we get... Roy Williams, Derek Strait, or Quinn Griffin from Mr. Good Cat. Roy effin' Williams. Yeah, I always hated the fact that there was too many Roy Williams at that time. I liked ours the best, clearly, but two of our, our rival in basketball had a Roy Williams as coach, and then Roy Williams as safety, and then the, Mr. Horse Collar. And it, for years after that, there was like he just basically passed that on until, until they finally had to stop it. But he passed on that Horse Collar tackle. He did it all the time. It was brutal. and You're just injuring players and stuff, and it wasn't a problem until finally got to the NFL, and they were like, yeah, no, we don't want you to hurt our players. In college, I never seemed to worry about it too much. Uh, Another one from West Texas Andy. Safety Roy Williams, especially that hit against us on the goal line versus Chris Sims. Now he owns a business that buys unpaid storage units. I did not know that about Roy Williams. But, yeah, no, he was. He was a headhunter, and I don't think he was a headhunter in the sense that he was Actively trying to take players out for more than a game, but I thought he would. I think he was fine taking players out for a game. A lot of guys were at that time. Now it's kind of a different, you know, mode for a lot of guys, but a lot of defenders still have no problem. If they give you a good, clean hit and you can't get up, they're just fine with it. Roy Williams was always that kind of player. He took, he hit guys hard. He came after people. And then once they started to change the rules up a little bit in the NFL, that's kind of what ended his career. Quentin Griffin, another one, six touchdowns against Texans in 2000, I believe. So yeah, anybody who scores six touchdowns against you. Uh Daydrinker77 says not a player but Bob Stoops because that stupid effing visor. You know, I don't I can't blame you for hating the visor. Uh and especially Bob Stoops is extra hateable because even after he retired, he's still helping them. Like that that's extra annoying that you can't even get away from Bob Stoops. Like he's still involved in that program. He's trying he goes to go to coaching the XFL, wins the XFL, and still still helping out. At least that's one good thing we can say Lincoln Riley did for us. We get AP. He ran all over us to ed, on the edge to edge out one score, my first winning, uh, to score a win, win one with my first UTX's OU game like 20 years ago. It's five thirty six, and OU still sucks. Now it is five fifty four, and OU still sucks. But I agree with the sentiment. Adrian Peterson was another one who ran all over us. Definitely hate Baker Mayfield. That's a good I mean, Baker Mayfield is much more of like more like he's up to date. He's somebody that is. I think is he is he the last super hated guy for OU? Is he the last one that we really stick at and say we we can't do? I'll have to read that Matt Canada stuff there from uh, Coach Cornuts. I'll have to check that out in the break. We also get another Brian Bosworth on there. Yeah, Brian Bosworth is definitely one of the easier answers. Uh, Kyler Murray for not shaking uh, Sam Ellinger's hand. I What's funny is Kyler Murray was one that you would think would be on there more, but I think because we weren't necessarily as good of a team, that there was kind of an edge where Baker Mayfield, it seemed like we were, you know, I don't know what it was, but Baker Mayfield does seem like he was more annoying than Kyler Murray. Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong on the text line. But I feels like Baker Mayfield much more hated than Kyler Murray here in, in Austin. Stoop, and Stoops and Riley, not players, but hate them. No, I agree. Stoops, Lincoln Riley was also, and Lincoln Riley was annoying because he had that, he had the, the, the brisket post when he went to USC, which you should be like, hey, we're happy you kind of ruined OU. And then still he annoys us. He still annoys us. Spencer Rotler because he got bitched. That's a solid one. Man, Spencer Rattler was our favorite OU player for a little bit. And then Caleb Williams had to come out. And we got more mad at Spencer Rattler for not even being able to hang in the game. Terrible from Spencer Rattler. Another Baker Mayfield. It's Baker Mayfield for me. Uh, sat with my wife in a cold rainy uh let's see. Sat with my wife in the cold rainy OU section, the end zone watching six touchdowns from Quinn Griffin. Hate that guy. Yeah, in the cold and rain, six touchdowns are gonna kill you. We're gonna take a break. And I want to get some more of these. 512 447-3776. Who is your most hated player in the Texas OU rivalry? I like the little stories with them sitting in the end zone, telling me why, what they did, what makes him what you makes you hate him. Is it one game? Is it career? Is it post? Is it post? Tell us what you think. We're gonna talk some Texas OU. If you got any questions about this game, what you're worried about, what you think is gonna work well. You got any game plans to beat OU? Send that in, 512 447 3776. And if you got any NFL you want to talk about, hit us up there as well. We'll talk, we'll go back to the NFL at a point as well. We're going to take a break, though. We're going to get, uh, get us back and get us reset here at the six o'clock hour here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app in a HornFM.com.